0: This
1: is Make It kind. M I P. With Massimella Matfumo. Mark Thompson. Make
0: It kind.
1: Get Woke. Ladies and gentlemen, time for another edition of Thursday Coast on this Thursday, October the 12th. Of course, always with us the person for whom the segment is named and the website, Daily Coast. He's the founder of Daily Coast, the largest online progressive community, as well as founder Civics with the Q and the host of the ever popular podcast, The Brief. Marcos joins us once again. That's Mark with an O-S on the end. (laughs) Like an operating system. That's how (laughs) how good he is. That's be be me, except if I was an operating system. And and we- I'm I'm your algorithms. That's right. (laughs) And it's cool because we often complete one another's sentences. Anyway, how are you, man? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Good to see you as always. It's amazing Last time we talked, we had taken some time off and everything crazy had happened. And now we're back again. We didn't take any time off and everything crazy is still happening. And there's so much to talk about as I, we were just talking about what all we're going to cover today, but then I just thought about a couple of other things I forgot to mention. So let's just, let, let's try to get through all the things that, that are there. First of all, and I think we know your thoughts and we've read them. Folks, we, again, we encourage you, he writes almost daily, on dailycoast.com. But your thought about the latest that is going on in Israel and with the Gaza Strip and and all of that that's happening. And it's interesting, too, how, and I said this to some people who were reacting immediately after the incidents of the weekend, the the Hamas invasion, so to speak. But I said, you know what, y'all, this is so fluid even some of the things we thought were going on this weekend, things change every day. And so now we're seeing the IDF moving into Gaza. And so everyone who was decrying the assault on civilians over the weekend, some of the same people now raising concerns about the assault on Palestinian civilians that is taking place right now. This has been the history
0: of this conflict and it never seems to stop. I mean, it's, it's thousands of years old and it's been one of those situations where people yell each, at each other online and knock it out all this thing on Twitter. Right, um, right. It's unfortunate and, and obviously it's like, an, it's in all wars, civilians, the innocent, they're the ones that bear the brunt of the fighting. And this is no different. I, I think what we're finally seeing, though, which gives me a little bit of hope, is that people are realizing that Hamas is its a problem. It's just it's, it's not the Palestinian people are. There, there are a lot of oppressed, unlucky people in the world. There's Palestinians don't have a monopoly in that, but they they are particularly unlucky in their situation and being represented by what is a terrorist regime, quite frankly. And there is a difference in civilians dying as a result of military action, just morally, and civilians who are specifically targeted and murdered. And, and we see this in the Ukraine where we've seen this, where if, if Russia bombs a military barracks and civilians die, it's, an, it's, it's war. There is always going to be collateral damage. But if Russia bombs a, a funeral, just a civilian target, it's a, it lands differently. And I think what we've seen here is, is exactly that people realizing that Hamas is, is, is not a, it's, it's they're not an honest broker. They're not, they're basically almost like Republicans. They're not interested in governing and making people's lives better. They are interested in pushing a ideology. And their ideology, quite frankly, is the destruction of the Israeli state. That is their stated, in their constitution, what. It, they don't call it a constitution, but under guiding documents. And they are committed to the destruction of, of Israel. And so what you're seeing is an Arab world that it's evolving beyond that. Egypt and Jordan already had normal relationship relations with, with Israel. But in 2020, you had Mira, uh, Morocco was added to that, United Arab Emirates, and I believe it might have been Qatar. And they so three or four Arab nations normalized relations with Israel right now, probably not this very second because of the war, but Israel and Saudi Arabia were very close as well to normalizing relations. So your Hamas, your stated goal is to destroy Israel. All your supposed allies are moving on. They're realizing Israel's here to stay and it's better to, to have normal diplomatic relations and hash out differences diplomatically than it is to really from what an ideology that's dated and it's unworkable. Israel's not going anywhere. And so my belief is that this is them lashing out in fury at the fact that the world has moved on beyond what Hamas wants. Just like the way Russia invaded Ukraine because Ukraine did not submit to Russia's Germany, which is what Russia's, this whole thing, they're Russian people, they're our cousins, they should be part of Russia. And Ukraine's like, nope. And then Russia lashes out, not just militarily, but targeting civilians. It's a form of punishment. And I think this is what Hamas did. And obviously the world has recoiled. And it's unfortunate that that the Gaza Strip is it's so dense that Hamas military targets are embedded inside civilian areas. I think Hamas purpose does that, that as human shields. And a lot of civilians are gonna die and it's gonna be awful. And Israel, quite frankly, Netanyahu is a Trumpian. We know that he is a problem. And so I just had this, this, it's a shit situation. I have this sort of fantasy that when it's all said and done, that Hamas is gone, that Bibi Netanyahu is gone because this happened under his watch. It was his failure. It was a ginormous failure. We're seeing a lot of evidence that he took his eye off the ball because he was obsessed with domestic repression. And, and that in the end, maybe if Hamas is gone, if Bibi Netanyahu is gone, maybe there might be a new generation of leaders on both sides that might realize, okay, we can't keep doing this forever. We have to figure out a way to coexist. And there is some push towards an actual solution, however that might look.
1: Yeah. A- and then we add our domestic politics into it. Oof. Yeah. And you've got Republicans seizing on this opportunity.
0: They think it is, but yeah.
1: And there's a lot out there. There's uh, people we know have, have raised a lot of speculation about Trump having Israeli intelligence, sharing that with Putin, Putin potentially sharing that with Hamas. And, and I'm not, people don't want me to be conspiratorial, I know, but I'm just saying that that's out there. That's not me saying yeah. that. Yeah, that's, that's Let kind me of. Repeat.
0: Let well, me just quickly speak to that because we, this is sort of, there is a conspiracy theory flowing around that is pushed by Tom Hartman, it's pushed by other people. We've had to, we've had to remove the stuff on Daily Coast because we don't allow misinformation and disinformation. That somehow Trump gave Russia information on Iron Dome, the air defense system that allowed Hamas to, to, to circumvent those air defenses. That's just, it's just nonsense. Doesn't even make sense. First of all, how would Trump describe air defense? <laughs> he's too stupid, unless he's handing over actual documents that's that's not a thing for sure. The second piece is that all the reports said that it was code word intelligence. The operating system of an air defense system thought a code word. Code words is basically human intelligence. So all the speculation at the time was that that Trump passed on information about ISIS that Israel had gathered using their methods. And so they were, he was given the way that Israel had infiltrated ISIS. That is the speculation. And if you put all the pieces together, that's, it makes sense. I don't know if it's true, but at least it lands with the evidence. This whole Iron Dome, an Iron Dome is our defense system. It's, It's silly. The way that, first of all, Hamas did not circumvent it. What they did is they overwhelmed it. They just launched thousands of missiles at once. And Israel intercepted the vast majority of them. That's why you don't see pictures of burning buildings in Tel Aviv or in Jerusalem or whatever, because most of those rockets had been intercepted. A few got through, but it, they were overwhelmed. So like nothing about that conspiracy theory actually lands. And Israel has said flat out, that's just not true. And there's no incentive for Israel to to lie about that. So really what it seems to be was about ISIS and about the way that Israel collected that evidence. And if they had human intelligence, obviously, if Trump's blabbing that Israel has sources inside ISIS, odds are good that they may lose their lives or they at the very least they have to be pulled out and lose whatever intelligence source they had. So that was the speculation at the time. And that sort of makes more sense. I don't want. A lot of Republicans are trying to blame this on Biden, and then suddenly it seems like a lot of liberals want to blame this on Trump. And it's this has been going on for thousands of years. We don't need right, right. to blame it on any one individual. It's complex. The reasons are myriad. There's vast number of reasons, and uh, it's not Trump. It's not Biden.
1: Let me use you for a minute more. Then, just in terms of misinformation, have you all looked into? they seemingly have photos people i'm learning more and more if people post photos that aren't real yeah allegedly hamas met with met in the kremlin with kremlin officials
0: oh no that's real yeah but it's just a it, diplomatic mission you, you get you got pictures like that with not with the us necessarily but you have them with syria with okay. with the central asian china probably i'm sure it was a diplomatic mission that was they're, it's, they're, they're the government of the West Bank, right? So they have a diplomatic mission and they're trying to win diplomatic support. Now, there's no doubt that Iran is funneling weapons right. and financing. That's not controversial. And it's not. And we've seen them. Israel has shown pictures of Soviet era gear, which Iran has plenty. They buy it from Russia and North Korea. So they've had North Korean weapons as well. So there is there's a axis of Russia, Iran, North Korea that is forming and it overlaps obviously in Ukraine. It's now we're seeing its impact in in the West Bank. Russia is definitely loving this. And part of it is now the debate that's happening here in, in Congress, right, where you have Republicans saying we can't support both. Why can't we support both? They're po- both part Bo- of both, same both. Both U- Ukraine and
1: Israel. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, Sorry. Right.
0: Yeah. And, right. and so Russia's loving this, right? Because it creates chaos. It creates uncertainty. It gives Republicans a new talking point. And they love Israel is because there, there is there's a lot of Israel hadn't been overtly supporting Ukraine with weapons. There was a lot more talk about going in that direction. So this is obviously takes Israel out of the equation. They're not going to supply Ukraine with weapons. And I think Russia just wants a world where there's so much war that people just want to stop it all. It, it really, right. fi- it really fulfills her goal to get people exhausted with war. And I'm exhausted with war, <laughs> but it's because of Russia, North Korea, Iran, not because of uh,
1: Ukraine or Israel. Right. No, and and that was my next question. So you explain that. So final question on anything conspiratorial ish. <laughs> there's also. There's been reporting on BB's relationship with Putin.
0: Yeah. It's, what's that about? It's So the speculation, because there's a lot of real questions. Why hasn't Israel supported Ukraine? Ukraine has a Jewish president, has a huge Jewish population, and... Israel is one of the, ne- the world's big weapons manufacturers. It's, they're, they're surrounded by enemies. And so really the explanation that makes most sense, and it's what I, it's what I believe, but I'm just saying speculation because there's, it, nobody's come out and said it right out. Russia has a battery of its most advanced air defense system sitting in Damascus in, in Syria. Israel regularly bombs Syrian targets, including the airfield where that Russian air defense system is located. That system never turns on when Israel bombs. So the speculation is you do not support Ukraine, and we won't target your warship or your warplanes when you hit targets in Syria. So it's a pretty pr- Quid pro quo between the two sides. And yeah, I know, and it makes sense because it would be a lot tougher for Israel to take out those Syrian targets if Russia was actively involved trying to shoot down those planes. So that's what that's about. Uh-huh. I suspect this has changed everything. And I suspect that Russia, Russia's growing alliance with Iran And Iran is is now supplying Russia with drones that are hitting Ukrainian targets, thousands of drones, and that we've seen drone action already in Israel. So I I, I suspect that Israel has to realize that they're one and the same at this point. They're intertwined. Their fates are intertwined. And there's a lot of speculation and unnamed intelligence sources in news articles. So I don't know how much of that is misinformation. It's hard to say, but there's a lot of speculation that that Iran is trading weapons to Russia that then Ru- Russia can use in Ukraine because Russia is running out of ammunitions, running out of, they don't have the drone capacity, that they're trading that for military technology, which could obviously be warplanes, things like that, but could also be nuclear secrets. So there, there is a nervousness about what exactly Russia is giving Iran in exchange for these weapons and drones.
1: The Republicans are gonna seize on the, what was it, $6 billion? Yeah. That was released, and you, I noticed you linked to Mark Sumner's piece in Daily Coast. you all should read Mark Sumner as well. That money was not taxpayer money, and these were funds that were being held in, in South Korea. The funds are currently being held in an account in Qatar where a third-party arbiter will oversee any distribution. Use of the funds is limited to approved humanitarian expenditures. And lastly, Mark Sumner discloses that none of the money has been spent up to this point. And this is, and his source for this is the, is Washington Post. But obviously sees on it, and I just get PTSD. Cause you see Iran, you see this conflict. Americans killed, American, Americans held hostage uh-huh. with one year from president's election. And I have PTSD from 1979.
0: And that money from 1979, by the way. Say it again? That money is from 1979. I didn't know were, that, really. It was the, it was part, it's the last of the funds that were frozen after 1979. This is all Iranian money.
1: Wow. Isn't so that something?
0: Now, uh, what, where are we? 20, 50 years later, we're still holding on to what is their money. Wow. And uh, so, there's so many layers to all this stuff. You, you, you're it,
1: supposed it, to help me with my PTSD, not...
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I did it conflict. Oh my God. Are, Are you serious? More. Yeah. That's why we have their money. Like, where's that money going to go? There's no
1: other money. No, I didn't know what it was. For. I didn't know what it was. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I thought maybe it was still some leftover from some of the money Reagan owed from, from them from the Iran-Contra thing. Oh, it, wow.
0: It's the Shah's money that was sitting in American accounts. And there's a lot more. Over the years, it's trickled back to Iran for various deals. And, but yeah.
1: Okay. All right. You just blew my mind even more. Okay. So I should have PTSD.
0: (laughs) The same. We're we're still fighting the same war. Still fighting the same freaking war. You know what infuriates me, (laughs) Mark? Not not infuriates me, that's the right word. Disappoints me. There's so much energy in support of the Palestinian people. And (laughs) they are under control of Hamas. They last had an election 18 years ago. They were, were voted in. We don't know. There hasn't been an election since. But they're supported by Iran. We have this incredible resistance movement in Iran led by young women, young girls who are trying to fight the repressive mullahs in Iran by taking off their their hijabs and by marching and protesting and they're being murdered in the streets and they're being executed when the leaders are found out. Entire schools, girls' schools are being poisoned. In retaliation and so you have these incredible brave women fighting for for freedom in iran and it doesn't nobody seems to care about that if you care about freedom of the arab people i mean you have these incredible resistance movements that are part of the broader struggle if the palestinians did not have Hamas basically lording over them the path toward speech that uh, peace that path towards liberation becomes not easy, but it becomes more possible than it is with a Hamas that basically says, we want the destruction of Israel. That's a dead, That right there is a dead end. There will be no liberation. And just to be remind people, Hamas is hated by almost the entire Arab world. You talk about the blockade of, of, of Gaza. It's not just Israel. It is Egypt because Egypt does not want Hamas destabilizing it's, it's a political situation. Also, the Palestinian Authority in the West Bank, they also block any travel from Gaza. This is not a situation where Israel is the, the, the evil blockader and everybody else. It's or, there are other options and everybody is blockading them. This is not the question of the Palestinians, Israel versus the Palestinians. It's a world against Hamas and the one of the silver linings here, and I hate to say that, but it's that people finally realizing that, okay, Hamas maybe, maybe, maybe they're a problem. And maybe Palestine needs liberation from Hamas before it can actually really move forward towards broader liberation. And I think that liberation of the of the broader Middle East with Iran, the resistance movement in Iran, I even think women pushing back in places like Saudi Arabia and, and pushing for greater rights is, is part of that broader struggle. And so I'm hoping this sort of opens up a window realization that we need to get past Hamas. They need to be defeated. Ideally, it would require an Israeli land invasion, which is going to kill countless civilians. and It's just going to be horrifying. And, and Israel, is gonna, they're going to they're go too far. They're, imagine seeing pictures of burned babies and murder babies and the way those civilians were gunned down, they're not going to be walking in there thinking about the Geneva Conventions, and that's unfortunate.
1: You said, um, you said Israel's going to go too far?
0: Oh, Of course they're going to yeah. go too far. Well,
1: that's, that's what I was but, saying to people. The response is, is, is never proportionate. And you're already seeing some of that. There was a lot of... Re- the early response, of course, was unconditional support for Israel. People saying, wait a minute, because I believe B.B. said yesterday, if Gazans don't want to get killed, leave Gaza. But there's no way for them to go. Yeah. And, and he's not... Uh, uh, and again, this might be some other misinformation. He's allegedly quoted as saying Gaza, would, it would actually help him politically if Gaza did something crazy. I'm paraphrasing, of course. But even if that's not true, you can see him saying something like that or, or him feeling that way. And and it is it is terrible. And this is a swinging pendulum. It, it, people were... And you're right, folks. I would advise everybody, you really can't even debate it on social media because you're going to offend. Everybody is equally offended on this. When yeah. people said unconditional support for Israel, people got offended. When people said, what about the Palestinian occupation? People got offended. Even people who decried violence on both sides, I watched being attacked on social yeah. media. And who knows, what, who knows who's on Twitter and what's on Twitter now anyway. So people need to... Yeah, I, I, and I've told people... Player. I yeah. told people stop feeding trolls cause you really don't know who you're debating with anyway, frankly, yeah. but it takes everything. It's a total tailspin. But just to get back for a moment to what I was saying, is there, do you think that there is any possible vulnerability back on my PTSD to Biden politically in this situation going into next year in the way that this took Jimmy Carter out? Ah, uh,
0: yeah, yeah, that's a that's, great point. That,
1: that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm just seeing this literally uh, Iran, and then now we haven't got a lot of information, but allegedly there are hostages, American hostages, hostages. Uh, Americans have been killed. Yep, that was my, that was the moment of my political puberty in
0: 1979. Uh, With me, and remind me, the Reagan people—they they manipulated that situation for their political advantage, did they not? Yes, but even
1: if. And people have been reticent to actually believe that because people don't like conspiracies. But even if they didn't, it was just still a fact. You had American hostages over there for over a year in the middle of a presidential election or before a presidential election started, and you just can't win. There was really no way, even if Reagan had not manipulated it. Now, the documentation is now that he actually did. And there was a meeting with the Ayatollah Uh in, in Paris. And... I remember, and I've shared this with the audience before, literally, folks, the moment Reagan took... I was watching TV. I was a teenager. Barely a teenager. The moment... I wasn't even 14 yet. The moment Reagan... not just turned 14. The moment Reagan took his hand off of that Bible, Oath of Office, he literally said, the hostages have now been released. Yeah. And And that's when I... All of my childhood innocence. I remember my childhood innocence was gone. (laughs) About everything at that moment, literally all. And I'm a political person, so you know that about me. You can believe that. I've always been a political person. I was no longer
0: a child. I don't think the way Biden has responded to this has been, I think, pitch perfect. Israel has been incredibly grateful to Biden's words. There's already polling. His speech was watched by something like 70% of the Israeli public the risk and Biden was unambiguous. He was, there was just no room for equivocation. So it was well received. There's not a lot of anger towards Biden about this. There's efforts by the MAGA crowd to blame Biden, but it's falling flat. It's tone deaf. And what's more, I don't know. I don't know because we're recording this at You know, it's about noon Eastern time. I don't know if you saw the video of Donald Trump this morning in Florida saying that the terrorists are very smart. He's clearly on drugs. Clearly there's, (laughs) I don't, (laughs) I don't, I I, I was just talking about this because he used to project power on stage, right? Talk, saying talk. Now he's slow, he's slumped. His face is always like his head's always like at an angle. And he's more meandering than ever before, and uh, and he slurs his words, and he just talks nonsense, and he just went on and on. Uh, I was just watching the video right before we came that's on. Hard. Yeah, that's right. Where, where he's just rambling on about all the wonderful things, and then that he that happened without even talking about what they are, because he's just yeah, it was great. The things we did were wonderful, and then Baby took credit, but that's okay. He needs to get us things together and uh, the terrorists are doing very smart things, very smart things. People don't like to hear it, but they're doing smart things.
1: It, it sounds, it's not you know it's like,
0: it like both sides. They're good people on both sides. That's just crazy. He You're- is in Lord at talking about the Hezbollah doing really, really good things and in uh, hummus. That's why they call hummus. Hummus and Hezbollah are doing really they're very smart. People don't like to hear it, but they're very smart. Hummus. There, he his political instincts are off. He wasn't loving is bad back in 2016 or 2020 like he he. I think cognitive decline like this is I don't know, like we're going to use the same argument they're using against Biden but he's off and his energy is off and you don't go to Florida and talk about how smart the Islamic terrorists that have just murdered over a thousand Jews that you have talk about how smart they are so it's it, it's not the same is 1979. In fact, when this is all said and done, I, I would be more, more inclined to think that this is actually going to help Biden. It's going to help the Democrats. And Netanyahu, I want him gone, and I hope this ends him. There's even, there's even evidence that he helped facilitate funding for Hamas in order to keep the rivalry between the Hamas and the West Bank and the Palestinian authority, no, sorry, Hamas in, in Gaza, Palestinian authority in the West Bank, keep them divided because you didn't want the Palestinian people united under leadership because that would make their negotiating any sort of thing, right? That he actually facilitated the continuing dominance of Hamas in, in Gaza. That, and it's, it, this is her ex. This is the number one newspaper. Right, no, that's in, what I was
1: referring in, to because that's what he was saying, that this would, this was a yeah. thing. Right, that's, we're talking about the
0: same article, yeah. This yeah. should end him. Right now, obviously, Israel's going to be focused on on dealing with the crisis right now, but this should end him. But I will say that Netanyahu has been nothing but but gracious towards Biden. And the two hate each other. We know there's a lot of bad blood between Netanyahu and and Joe Biden. Bibi said nothing but incredible things about Joe Biden. And Joe Biden has been very clear that he's there to support Israel. And so there's not a lot of real hooks there for the... Conservatives to try to make this about Biden. And the fact that Trump today is sitting there talking about how attacking Netanyahu and saying how smart the terrorists are, it, I just don't see what they're going to be able to do with that. That's a good
1: point. No, I, And people talk about Biden's age. You don't want to do a quid pro quo on that, but clearly there's something
0: going on. Or it's just drugs, as people have always speculated. It, it's different. Yeah. And I don't yeah, think it's was... doing them any favors. And I think it's giving some permission for people to start really undermining Trump in ways. We just saw in the House he endorsed Jim Jordan in the house for speaker and it wasn't even close to vote.
1: So let's segue into that. Speaker, Scalise, Jordan. They some of them have already said Josh Hawley tweeted, take the money from Ukraine and give it to Israel. Yeah. But y'all can't even elect the speaker to get you literally (laughs) can't (laughs) give no money to any (laughs) money. You cannot give a dollar Anybody. To T. (laughs) Yeah. What in the world? So they really are in a bad way. They are.
0: What do you you think is going to happen? This is a tough one, Mark, because so you so just from a. To set the stage. You need 270. If everybody is present. You need 217 votes to elect the speaker. It is a majority of the people present. That means that the Democrats right now have 211 votes. It's 212. Sorry, it's 212 to 2. God, I literally just wrote about this yesterday. 221 to 212. That's a balance of power. 221 to 212. Republicans have a nine-seat majority. So the Democrats, off the bat, they have 12 votes. 212 votes. Hakeem Jeffries gets 212 votes. Now, that doesn't mean that that the Republican needs to 13. They need a the majority. So they can only lose five votes. No, four votes. They lose five, they lose. They can lose four votes. Right now, in our latest web count, there's at least seven or eight Republicans that have already said they will absolutely not vote for Scalise. They're going to vote for Jordan. So that doesn't help them. It's not a plurality, right? It's not whoever gets the most votes. It, You need 217, assuming everybody shows up. They can't do it. Republicans will not get the votes. The same people that voted to oust McCarthy are saying they're not going to vote for Scalise, that it's the same thing. And I think there's enough Republicans that realize, there's at least more than five Republicans that realize that Jim Jordan would be a disaster. So they're not going to vote for Jim Jordan under any circumstances. So they're in an impasse. So there's the other option is they have to cut a deal. Scalise has to cut a deal with the Democrats. That's it. That's the only other option there is. Otherwise, they're going to continue leaderless through the rest of the cycle. And we don't even know what that looks like. So that would be interesting. And the way you cut a deal with the Democrats, is you don't need votes. Remember, you, it's 200. It's a majority of the people present. So you can cut a deal with the Democrats and 10 Democrats just don't bother to show up that day. They have a, an emergency in their district. And then that gives, that allows Scalise to win with 213 votes instead of needing to get to 217. That makes sense. So what that deal looks like, of course, we know what that deal looks like. An omnibus bill that funds the government. Get rid of the freaking joke buying investigation because it's a sham. Everybody knows it and it's a joke. And that might be it. That might be all we need to cut a deal and say, all right, five people won't show up for work that day. And you can get your speaker. Now, I don't think Scalise is there quite yet, but I, <laughs> there's nothing else. There's other choice. But
1: are Democrats even there?
0: Oh, I think if we fund the government at just current levels, fund Ukraine and Israel, and the disaster relief for for the various natural disasters we've had, and. Quit the uh, Biden investigation. I think that, yeah, that's it. I'd make that deal in a heartbeat. What else are they going to do? They can't pass any other, no, they can't pass any legislation. And even if they did, it would die in the, in the Senate anyway. So they really can't do a lot of harm. I think the Biden investigation, it's almost, I, it's almost, because even that's not going anywhere. They can impeach Biden for all they want. It's, it's a joke. I don't even think they have enough Republican votes for Biden impeachment, to be honest. There's enough Republicans have spoken out against it, saying that they don't see point of it, that they might not even have that vote. So I would almost I'd throw that in as a as a demand, just as a F you to the Republicans. It's almost like the power play is kill this thing and and then we'll give you your vote. The one tangible thing that's important I think is, is a to Ukraine, Israel, disaster relief, and then the omnibus to fund the government. Make that happen. Interesting. And then mm-hmm. just get a we're going to take the house next year. This house is the joke. They're, they're done. And, and this further
1: confirms it. They cannot leave. No, they can't. They it's don't want joke. to. Unless now, as we've always said, you, you at one time called them American Taliban. Do they, maybe they really don't want to speak. No. Well, maybe they uh, really don't want
0: the house to function anymore. Isn't that a possibility? Oh, absolutely. Um, in fact, I am very much, I I, I would love a deal where the Freedom Caucus votes for Hakeem Hakeem Jeffries because they want to be in the minority. Just imagine they're fundraising. They're trying, I don't know if you saw Trump, he's trying to make Barack Obama a thing like, oh, Barack Obama's in, Barack Hussein Obama is in charge. You, You think just over racism. Those Freedom Caucus people, they would love to raise money off Hakeem Jeffries. I'm like, like a black, Democratic leader, that's their dream scary boogeyman fundraiser. They're not doing so well, trying to fundraise off of, of McCarthy. And they're not going to fundraise great off Scalise. But if they can fundraise off that scary black man, Hakeem Jeffers, he's so angry and scary and big. Right, and right. They would love it. So I, they want to be in the minority. They have no interest in governing. They've made it very clear. They have zero interest in actually doing their jobs. They think they're all social media influencers, Nancy Mace walking around with a Scarlet letter. Like they think they're, they're Instagram influencers. They're not serious people. And so, yeah, the minority suits them. I think they would absolutely have to be the minority. So just make it happen. Make Keem Jeffries a speaker today, if that's where we're going. But But I literally don't think they want
1: they, I think there's a, just knowing everything we know about them, I would not be surprised if they do not intend for the house to function again. And I yeah, think we, some of them are anarchist enough. They probably think they can, we stop the house.
0: Yeah.
1: Now their followers really. for a minute might say, yeah. And then they realize, wait a minute, hold it. I'm not getting. And this check. is where
0: Scalise is going to have to cut a deal with Democrats eventually. I, I don't, I, there's no other way around it. Yeah. Yeah. He's not going to get the nihilists to go along. And it's so funny because McCarthy was crying like how hard it is to. He only had a nine seat majority. You know how hard that is? Nancy Pelosi had a nine seat majority. Right. <laughs> That'll be solid. She accomplished in the last two years. Right. Solid. Dozens of pieces
1: of seminal legislation. And, and that's why she has the title of Speaker Emeritus. I don't know how many people had that title, if anybody. She may yeah. be the first. I'm, I've never heard of that before. So, lastly, uh, RFK Jr., who. And you wrote about this. He was supposed to have been a problem for Democrats. He may be a bigger problem for Republicans now. But before we do that, full disclosure, you've touched on this before. RFK Jr. is suing. Yep. And that's still in court, suing
0: Daily Coast. Yep, we're fighting it in both California and New York. It's a book. Mark, he's he's crazy. Some random community diarist on Daily Coast wrote a basically just... Pointed to an article in a German newspaper about Kennedy Jr. addressing a, a rally in Berlin organized by neo-Nazis. That's it. That's he just said, look, this story. And he's been suing us because of that, even though this story was read by a couple hundred people and it was reported by CBS, NBC, the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, everybody. And he is absolutely upset to the point where I thought maybe he knows this person and there's some kind of personal garage, but no, it turns out it's not anybody that he might not, he might know. And so it's, it's just a bizarre lawsuit that makes no logical sense, but just that to me more than anything says, yeah, the guy's crazy. Like it, it's weird. And I've said worse about him and I've said, instead of suing this guy who's like some random dude in Maine, you me, I'm saying worse. (laughs) Go ahead. If you think this is bad and this is, Harming your reputation? Why are you suing a nobody to me? And, uh, and he won't. And we literally, we have literally told his lawyers that, that we'd be happy for him to sue me, to transfer the lawsuit and go after me instead. And they won't. Yeah, there's that. And, uh, and to your original point, yeah, he was recruited into the race by Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon bragged that it took him months to, to convince RFK to run. And they thought that Steve Bannon, if you recall, his whole thesis is about chaos agents he loves chaos agents that's why he got donald he was part of the donald trump thing in 2016 he loves chaos agents and he thought that rfk would be a chaos agent in a democratic primary and from the beginning it's like why would he be the guy's a weird bizarre anti-semitic conspiracy monger that's the weirdest freaking things. He's just no, that he's like he's Hewitt he, he Jason. Like that's his people, and that's not Democrats. And at the beginning, there was a little boom his boomlet. He got up to 12% in support while Biden was sitting at 70%. So it wasn't ever a thing. But at least people are like, oh, Kennedy The Kennedy. I don't think there's that many people who think that anymore, Mark. I think we what, 70 years removed from Kennedy's presidency. Like I think we've moved on the country. But even that was gone because immediately he spent his entire summer after announcing for the Democratic primary going on Fox News and all One American News Network and Newsmax and uh, talking to conservatives. Like he was camped out in conservative media. His numbers went up with conservatives. His numbers tanked amongst liberals, as you might expect. And then just a couple of days ago, he announced that he was going to be running as an independent. And the polling shows that he actually takes from Donald Trump. A handful of points, not a lot. But remember, it's a 50-50. If we're talking about a 50-50 electorate, two or three points, big deal. And so they're freaking out. They're unloading their upper research against RFK about what a liberal he is and how he's Nancy Pelosi's agent just really weird stuff. And uh, just having to spend money fending off rfk which is just absolutely delicious because he, steve bannon did introduce a chaos agent into the race but he did it right in the middle of the donald trump campaign and it's brilliant
1: yeah interesting so he takes well, yeah that that's if he's taking votes away from trump wow this all of this in the week since we've talked
0: last three days it's crazy i <laughs> don't Oh, man.
1: My grandmother, God rest her soul, used to have a saying when stuff was just all over the place and going crazy, even in the news. She would say, say Mark, I wish we could stop the world so I can get off. <laughs> That's what she used to no. say, just spinning around. So We're down on a day like this, actually.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: It's uh, wild. Can we do that? <laughs> yeah. we. If, if only we could. Even for a
0: day, can can I get an hour? (laughs) Yeah. It's an hour.
1: Just chill out and nothing. Yeah. Chaos. Interesting. The Diamondbacks might want to change their slogan, because that's their slogan now, chaos. With the A, the Arizona A in the middle, they upset the Dodgers in in three straight in the playoffs last night. So they might want to, now that that we know RFK is promoting chaos, they might want to rethink that. Uh, (laughs) So we'll see. Dailycoast.com, the brief wherever you get your podcast civics with a Q.com, is always my friend, meaningful and enlightening. Folks share with friends. We always have great conversations.
0: Great talk today. Thanks, Marcos.: Thanks so much. Have a great week. you too